Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. My name is Sam Prevo. I am a senior editor at Pucker Up Sports, and I am exhausted. And as usual, I am joined by <laughs> Jennifer Molia. I'm a little bit less exhausted than I was last week. You sound like you got a lot of energy, though, Sam. That was, that was a solid open. Seeing the Canes celebrate their win again on my like on my Twitter feed just I revitalizes. It's re- it's revi- it's the serotonin I need to get through the rest of the rest of this hour. Exactly. Uh, and I'm Ariel. I am actually not that exhausted. Good. I am had a good day. I think uh, New Jersey lifted their mask mandate first day in a long, long time. I went to work without a mask on. Yay! Steps forward, well, you know, baby. I respect everyone that still wants to wear one. All power to you. I, on the other hand, just, um, you know, it was time to see my face. <laughs> it was time. Fully back, ready to go. Love it. Guys, this is our 10th episode. We're in double digits now. Wait, that's Ooh. so exciting. I How exciting. I didn't even realize it. Right? I didn't either until I, I saw the, the episode and I was like, title, yeah. 10. We're going strong. Yeah. So, we're going strong. And uh, some playoff teams uh, are not. They've oh, been eliminated. Good segue. Yeah, so I have the the like actual bracket open, and then I have our bracket challenge open. Right. So in our mm. bracket challenge, Jen's chaos bracket is very much in the lead. Let's go. Um, she has forty three points. Ariel is right behind her with thirty three, and I have thirty. Nice. Um, I took a huge L because uh I had the Capitals going to the semifinals, and they lost to Boston. So. That's my and I picked Edmonton and I picked Florida. So I'm I'm in, I'm down bad right now. <laughs> um but Jen and Ariel both had Boston, if we remember. Yes. Um so yeah. they're that's why they're ahead of me. Um also I think other like I think maybe the tiebreaker was just picking the number of games and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah. I was completely wrong on a lot of those. That's okay. I my my only real blunder was the Oilers obviously, but I I also had Florida going to the second round. So I think we all picked Florida. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's okay. Did. Those are my only real mistakes. My my Honda West is looking pretty solid, if I do say so myself. Um and I, I got both the Islanders and Boston. So I'm I was gonna say I'm happy. I'm not happy about the Islanders and Boston <laughs> both being in the second round, but uh, it's, it's in accordance with my bracket, in fulfillment of my bracket, if you will. Um, so I'm, I'm straight vibing, no thoughts, just vibes, and that's how I made my bracket, no thoughts, just vibes, and that's how I will continue <laughs> to function for the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> no thoughts, just vibes. No thoughts, just vibes. I think that's, I mean, honestly, I'm so exhausted at this point in time, like, I, like, the Kane series wiped me out. Yeah, you're dead. I am so dead. Like, I, the amount that I didn't want a game seven, like, I was praying. I'm not religious. I was praying <laughs> that I did not have to be at PNC Arena tomorrow night. Um, not that I, like, don't like tailgating with friends and I don't like, you know, I love everything about going to games. It's just, I'm, I've been so stressed and exhausted by this series. I just want a new one. Like, I, I'm so happy that I get to start over and, like, watch them play a new team that isn't the National Brothers. I just want a new one. <laughs> Um, so that's another great segue. Well, let's yeah. see who, cause we've had tons of eliminations since, um, we last recorded last By the, w- when we last recorded last week, I think only Colorado had advanced. Yeah, I think so. 
So now we have the Islanders in Boston are going to play the next round in uh, the East. Carolina and Tampa are playing the next round in the Central. And Winnipeg is awaiting the winner of Toronto, Montreal. And Colorado is awaiting the winner of uh, Vegas, Minnesota. So my dream of Minnesota beating (laughs) Vegas is still alive. Um, Should we just do like thoughts? Like, yeah, I mean, I think, thoughts. yeah, do, how do you think game seven, I mean, game seven's tonight, so how do you, yeah. it's, the, it's the only game on the slate, so how do you, how do you guys think that's going to go? I mean, if we're going in accordance to my bracket, I would love Vegas to win, but uh, <laughs> Minnesota has put up a really, a really strong fight here in the last couple games, where it looked like Vegas was kind of going to finish it out, I think, what, finish it out in five, which yeah. would have been great, because that's what I picked, was Vegas in five, <laughs> but Minnesota's kind of really put up uh, a, a big fight these last two games and I I say this every single series but I think goaltending really really with this series has been a big factor because mm-hmm. Cam Talbot was a really big part of that win to push it to a game seven and in previous games you know Flurry obviously was really was really big to their success as well so I think we could be seeing a really good goaltending battle tonight uh, a game seven, anything, anything can happen in a game seven. We all, we all know that. But I think this should be a really good matchup tonight. I was actually yeah. going to say the same thing about goaltending because, I mean, as Jen and I know, don't count out, don't count out Cam Talbot in the playoffs. Um, never, but Mark Andre Fleury is never aging. Apparently, yeah, um, he's right? the fountain of no. youth. Um, so yeah, I think that'll definitely play a role. I mean. I think Minnesota's done a good job of keeping up with Vegas physically. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that hit where Marcus Foligno sent, I think it was like White Cloud. Is that the guy on Vegas? Send sure. him like right through the glass. Like literally the pain. Oh, of glass yeah. I saw broke. that yesterday. Yeah. Um, that was insane. Yeah. Scary. It's just been a really like, I mean, both sides are so into it. Like Matt Dumba, like lifted his arms, like trying to rival, like, uh, <laughs> like hype up the crowd while he's going to the penalty yeah. box. And then Mark Stone, like scoring a shorthanded goal and like basically throwing all his stuff away and like telling everyone <laughs> to come celebrate with him. Like, yeah, it's been cr- that's been a crazy series. Like crazy. Like I thought it would, I thought it would be intense, but it's been way more intense than I thought it would be. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, you knew like, and I, I hate the whole traditional non-traditional market thing because like, who cares? But like the, the thing with Vegas from the beginning has always been, Oh, like, hockey in the desert like blah 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 and then they had the first season that they had and it was like oh we're not gonna say that anymore because they're very good and I think they're just continuing to prove that and you know obviously it was expected from Minnesota um very very traditional hockey market but I think you have a great matchup there and I agree with what both of you guys said that I feel like I'm always saying goaltending is a big thing but goaltending is a big thing in this series and Ariel like you said anything can happen in a game seven so I did have Vegas in six so uh RIP that bracket I think I think mine I think I could redeem myself here I think I could get a whole lot of points back because I think I I think I legitimately had Minnesota in seven that would be good Maya most of what I picked was all in six I did I picked Minnesota in seven Okay, so maybe you will thrive. <laughs> That's where I get my points back. Oh my god, okay. my bracket will be like officially like almost completely RIP if like Vegas doesn't make it, or if to, if uh, Montreal somehow pulls it off in two games. Uh, I yeah, have, I also have but, Toronto in six, so to, this weekend will be big for me. This weekend, will so be I did. Big yeah. for me. So I oh, have you're, you're gonna them. overpass me because my bracket after this first round is just gonna be complete like down yeah. the, down the toilet. I I did have Montreal in seven, 
Um, so I thought you that bracket officially. Well, no, you still Montreal you still have time. Still happen. So the Leafs can still leaf it up. There's there's another game tomorrow, and then who? Knows? That's the thing. That's why I picked Montreal because I knew you that it would, the Leafs to leaf to leaf it up precisely. Yeah, like they did it last night. They would look good. And then things would happen. Exactly um, what happened last night. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think honestly, the biggest surprise so far has been that the Oilers got swept. I think. I agree. People, I think. Yeah, I think there were me. apprehensions that they would. I think people knew it would be an like a even series, mm-hmm. but they didn't expect a like a sweep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I expected Winnipeg to give Edmonton a hard time, but like, geez. not that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think what surprised. I don't know if it's. A, surprised some people or because it seemed like he had problems before but the fact that what it took until the last was it the third or fourth game for mcdavid to get a goal in that last period? game La- yeah. and then dry took him a while as well i think that that was really the biggest thing that kind of made it almost seem like a one-sided series was mcdavid and dry who lit up the entire regular season got mm-hmm. to the playoffs and was just like well i have thoughts on it <laughs> okay i would like to hear those thoughts I think with because I've said this to his other because I've like heard like things like oh like is it really like do we give McDavid and Drysaddle a pass because of how poorly they played in the series uh-huh. and my counter to that is always okay well who else do they have on that team because it's exactly. a two, it's the two That's of fair. them it's the two of them and then on defense you have Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry was good so then like shockingly enough so that's so that's about it but that's four guys out of how many so if you're Winnipeg and your game planning for the series you just focus on dry and mcdavid and then 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 if you shut them down the whole team can't do anything so there's like no there's no one that mcdavid and dry can use to like distract from them exactly yeah that's the problem if you ask me so i think that was what happened with with winnipeg because is they just got on them, yeah. They just got on they shut down their stars and then yeah, you shut down their stars and then I thought what was really interesting to come out of that series, and I know we all saw it, the the I don't remember whose tweet it was though. Oh, when does McDavid has, like say enough is enough? Like yeah. what is McDavid <laughs> gonna do? Like I think no it's one so can hard to put it together a package. I, like Yeah, and also I mean, I can look at McDavid's contract. I don't think he has like any there's no leverage there. Like if he goes to the yeah. team and says, I want to trade, they'll be like no. Okay. Sucks. Well, yeah. Probably, like <laughs> burn our team to the ground then like if you want to go somewhere else. Yeah, and I mean what what's so unfortunate about Edmonton not only getting out in the first round but also being swept is that you're kind of robbed of what McDavid and Dreisaitl, I mean per- particularly McDavid, but what the two of them could be or could have been in the rest yeah. of the playoffs, you know, not not having them in second round, third round, in a semifinal, in a conference final, like, that's just so sad. Like, that's just bad for everyone. Like it's literally bad for everyone involved. Like, Stephen A. Smith from ESPN went on, like, a whole rant about Edmonton getting swept, and he's like, why you gotta do hockey like that? I'm like, exactly. Like, it's a discipline. So true. Like, why do you have to do the sport like that? That's so bad. It's such a disservice yeah. to the, to, it's a disservice to the league, it's a disservice to people watching, it's a disservice to Connor McDavid, like, it's a yeah. it's, Bad for literally everyone involved. Literally everyone, yeah. yeah. Like, I yeah. get the whole, like, when is enough enough for him? Like, obviously, like, this sucks, I'm sure, for him, is to have that kind of season to to basically carry his team, essentially, to where they <laughs> yeah. went. And then, you know, you get to the playoffs, and it, and it kind of just all falls apart. So the sentiment, I understand. 
Like, I'm yeah. sure he's disappointed. I'm sure he's like, oh, this sucks. Like, you know, wish I was still playing. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't... Th- there's no, like, when does he say enough is enough thing. Like, <laughs> he doesn't get paid. Like, I think he's yeah. gonna... I mean, I mean he I, could. I think he needs to figure it out, like, obviously, to get things around him and Dreisaitl that can help them, yeah. like, actually be something and not have to necessarily rely on him. But also, can we talk about... Because I know for sure you both saw this. The whole, like, oh, McDavid needs to be better, like, play a better 200-foot game. Yeah. we all have thoughts about that. I just don't know how that's possible, considering he's already not human. What do you expect him to do? He's and he already got better on the defensive. And, like, there was a whole athletic article about how he improved his defensive game. Like, yeah. what more do you want him to do? Mm-hmm. Like, they, just want um, him, they just want him to score, like, a hat trick or four goals every game and just, like, single-handedly, like, drag them to the cup final which he's already trying to do a man can only do so much when the rest of the team around him like just doesn't yeah i saw a tweet that was like um loan mcdavid to winnipeg like you would let toronto do it or something like that (laughs) and i was like imagine how funny that would be if like every every year when the oilers got eliminated mcdavid just like got absorbed by the team that beat him (laughs) like yeah they only make him stronger (laughs) yeah right i i actually want to like make a comparison with toronto like not to say that like anyone on toronto is up to the level of mcdavid no one is that's period but But. (laughs) toronto has a lot of superstars on their team right Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. we talked about john Tavares, and we'll we'll touch on that later because man skated question mark but Uh, yeah um the thing with toronto is the way they like like stack out their lineup like William Nylander is going off because Montreal is going after Marner and Matthews. Exactly. And like William Nylander's like, what up? I'm just going to have seven points in five games. Like (laughs) he's so good. He's underpaid anyway. But I feel like that's, that's the problem with, that's the problem with Edmonton is what I'm trying to say. Is that. Yeah. There's, there's no cushion. Like you talk about Toronto, you have the cushion of, I mean, for lack of a better word, like Marner Matthews, Tavares, if he was playing. And that way, Nylander can, like, go and, like, have himself a game, have himself a series, have himself a life, if you will. But, like, who's the cushion to There's no make depth. David and There's no depth. And it then Ryan Nugent Hopkins is there for now, but there's rumors that he's <laughs> going to go sign somewhere else. So then you lose another center that, like, you have yeah. all the number. McDavid will be the only number one pick that they still have. From the That's ones so that they took. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the roster and I'm like, who's the cushion? I'm like, is Jujar Kyra the cushion? Like, is <laughs> is is Zach Cassian the cushion? Like Oh Jesse Pool URV, who I like He's who, the cushion. I affectionately call him Pool Party. I like I'm it. just glad you went for it on that name because I could not have told you how to say pool that. Pool I mean, kind of the same thing. To call him pool boy. To, she sent yeah, me a text I like me once. She sent me a text once, something about pool party. I'm like, who in the world are you talking about? Jesse yes. Pool Party. Like, Jesse pool I don't party. know how to say his name. I'm like, is this who you mean? Um, I'm just, I'm finding myself staring at the Oilers roster a little bit at a loss. I'm and going, um, like, what? I'm like... Um, Slater oh. Cuckoo? Is he the cushion? Oh, Slater like, I don't, Cuckoo. I don't know yeah. where the cushion is. I, I worry, I worry about Edmonton and Buffalo just dwelling in mediocrity forever and ever. I mean, yeah. I saw a tweet that was like, if you said to me, like, in 2015, that Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid would still be miserable, 
I would agree with you and I would understand <laughs> because they're in Edmonton and Buffalo. <laughs> I, would I would believe you. Uh, yeah, and I mean, like, if you look at the Oilers, like, the younger players that they do have, like, Kyler Yamamoto, like, you have Ethan Bear, who's already been through the ringer this week for unrelated reasons. Like, are are these great young players just gonna rot there? Yeah, like, probably. I hope not. But it it's like the, the TikTok sound that's like, it was lovely to have you. See you again next year. Or not. Like, <laughs> I think, I think also, like, they don't have it, like, uh, the defense is getting there. I hate saying, like, yeah. so much. The defense is getting there. The forward, like, they're trying. But <laughs> you have Mike Smith signed. Like, he's 39. Yeah. What did you it's expect It's time to happen? let go. What did you it's time to let happen? go. There's only so many goalies that can defy time. I think Marc-Andre Fleury is that right now. Like That's it. Yeah, that's the that's the list right there. One through that's the whole list. Andre Fleury. I don't know, man. I it's a mess, and I think I think at least. I mean, that's why I I picked Edmonton because I wanted to manifest it for Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. I think that's why yeah. most people did it. Yeah, Winnipeg was definitely the better team. They just had a bad regular season, so mm-hmm. I I don't know. I think if Toronto wins tonight tomorrow night. And uh, they advance, and they play Winnipeg. It'll be a great series. It'll it be very will. tight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Jack Campbell's been great. Connor Hellebuck is one of the best goalies in the league. So, because I feel like that's what it boils down to in a lot of playoff discussions. It's always like leading score. You always compare leading score versus leading score, and then goalie versus goalie. Goalie, mm-hmm. yeah. Because um, I'm looking at. Um, I was actually having a conversation today about uh, Carolina Tampa. Because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that series is. I mean, the Central series have already been wild. Both of them were crazy. But now mm-hmm. you're putting, like, I think Rod Brindamore said it. I mean, he thinks that the Hurricanes are the best team in the league because he coaches them. But he, yeah. but he was saying last night after the game, he said, you know, after us, like, whether we played Florida or Tampa, we'd be playing the next best team in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And – and uh, another one of my friends uh, was saying that this is basically the Stanley Cup final game happening two rounds early. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And, wow. And it's kind I mean, we we joke about how horrible the the playoff... Uh, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, the way that... Seeding? Yeah, the way they yeah. seed it and the way it's ordered yeah. and everything is always bad. And this year was even stranger because of the pandemic. Yeah. But this happens every year, I feel like. Yeah, the first it does. or second round series is the best one of the of the entire playoffs when mm-hmm. it should be the final. But I think that series will be crazy. Vasilevsky is obviously insane, and he and he's <laughs> just mental. Him and Hellebuck are the two best goalies out there probably at this moment. But yeah, Alex Nedeljkovic kept the Canes in that in the series with the Predators for sure. For sure, agree. Um, and I doubt Rod will stop playing him unless something really horrible happens and Ned gets like absolutely just lit up by Tampa, which yeah. I don't think will happen. But if it does happen, then maybe he'll go with Mrazic, but he's barely, Rod's barely changed the lineup since, uh, mm-hmm. since they started. Mm-hmm. Um, he switched up the lines last night and it worked, but um, for the most part, who who's in the lineup and the, and the arrangement of the lineup, particularly the defense has stayed the same since game about the same yeah Yeah. i'm i'm trying to think if i have any other like thoughts on a lot of these series like we kind of talked about 
Carolina, Florida tan. I will say, um, Islanders, good for you. This is your yeah. um, good for you good for me. For you. I mean that that's it. I'm not like as I'm okay. I never really got the Islanders Rangers rivalry growing up. Like when I was a kid, I was like, like I'm a Ranger fan, but like, what did they ever do to us? Like they're not very good, and then they kind of yeah. got good. It sucks and when they're not good. At the same, bad. They're not good when they're good at the same time. That's when the rivalry heats up, and that that right. hasn't really happened in either of our lifetimes. Like lifetimes, exactly. The, the Devils yeah. and the Rangers have been good at the same time, mm-hmm. and that's why it was so like, especially in like. 2010 to like 2013 yeah that was when like things were insane because the Rangers yeah. and the devils were two of the best teams in the east at the same time mm-hmm. um so that's why i'm like like i wish i was angrier about the islanders i'm not like, I'm, I'm not like good for you and i mean i mean like seeing the videos uh going around of like the fans at the games and after the game in the parking lot like everybody just looks so happy and like how can you be mad at that like good for you and like wasn't that the the first playoff series they've won at home in like eons in a very like, long time i think so yeah yeah so um, this is my good for you to the Islanders. I will not be saying good for you to Boston Bruins fans because um, you you've uh, you you've had a much better uh, sports life than me, and I'm angry at you. So actually, I hope the Islanders uh, beat you so bad. I hope they sweep you, and I hope you cry about it. Whoa! Um, and tell us how you really feel, Jen. Those Damn, are my Jen. thoughts on the East. I guess. Damn, Jen, go really off. Feel. I mean, this is a safe space. We can go off. I mean, like, I don't know if you guys, this is, like, a little bit of a tangent, but, like, with Boston sports, every year, I'm just like, oh, you got something else. You you got, you got another Super Bowl. Um, like, you got, you got, you got another Stanley Cup. Like, yeah. Going to school in, uh, going to college in New England uh, <laughs> definitely uh, increased my displeasure with Boston sports fans. <laughs> um, being surrounded by... Boston sports fans and uh, Barstool fans was an experience that I don't, I love Quinnipiac very dearly. I loved going there. It was one of the best experiences of my life. That aspect of the experience uh, left a lot to be desired. Um, And I will say about that series, I think we've like talked a lot about like physicality and everything that will Mm -hmm. probably be the most like quote unquote, old time hockey series I think so, yeah. that like we'll see in this playoffs because Boston is known for their physical play, their mm-hmm. very like shutdown type team that will turn around and score a million goals on you. Uh mm-hmm. the Islanders have that fourth line. I think it's Sezekis Clutterbuck Martin. Okay. Is that is, yes. that, is that line? Yeah. And yeah. they'll just beat you to a pulp <laughs> at every shift. So you could you could call the line MC squared as we used to back back in the day. There, there were little shirts that said MC squared on them for that line. Incredible. I the fact that I remembered that like amazes me. That was like Matt Martin Islanders era one. Like if we're in Matt Martin, long hair Matt, Matt Martin, Martin Islanders Islanders era, not, not current short hair. Matt Martin Islanders era. Right. I also, I don't know how this happened, but I ended up following a lot of the Islanders, like, wives and girlfriends on Instagram. I don't know how. I love I think Sydney. Just... Sydney Martin is a wonderful I love human. her. I ended up following a bunch of them. And, like, I saw all their stories the other night after they won. Like, all them, like, celebrating together and all their group pictures. I'm like, oh, good for you. Like, that's what I mean by good for you. Like, good for you. Like, love you. Like, go yeah. beat Boston. Go sweet Boston. Yeah. Have fun. I think, Enjoy. I think I will actually be rooting for the Islanders in that series, which is shocking to me. And I, and <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't want to pick them to beat the Caps in my bracket, but if we're if they're going to play the Bruins, I want them to beat the Bruins. I'm just tired of Boston Agreed. winning everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's up. Uh, I mean, that's up the bracket in a nutshell. I mean, Ariel, do you have anything to add? Do you have a series you want to comment on? Or no, I'm good. All right. <laughs> I don't want to okay. talk about it. Um. So John Tavares, we kind of mentioned him. I wanted to talk about this because we we talked briefly about what happened to him. I didn't want to. I think none of us really wanted to dwell on it because it was really scary yeah. and we didn't have a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a week now, and. He skated yesterday for like 20 minutes. Yeah, I was shocked. Um, which I was shocked was really about. Shocked. And then he was actually in person attending that ultimately a shit show of a game. Uh, I saw that, yeah. And I wanted to know your guys' thoughts because I I wonder, because I, I know that, I mean, I, I trust Kyle Dubas and I trust the staff of the Leafs to not rush him. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if, how much they can really stop him from rushing himself. So I wonder how much of this is them letting him feel it out, letting him feel like he's around the guys because it must be so hard to not be around Mm -hmm. the guys when they're going on a playoff run and they're trying so hard to get out of the first round. And how much of it is him actually being ready after what we witnessed to because concussions are so strange because no matter how bad it looks you might feel fine and then it might look so innocuous and you're down for the count for months so mm-hmm. yeah, i don't know i wanted to know what you guys thought of it because i i'm very on the fence about how i feel about this one mm-hmm. it's it's a tough situation i think you yeah. kind of summed up a little bit of, of what i was thinking is it is it he's trying to push himself or it's just he feels actually feels good after everything which is a really big shock to me if he does, which makes me feel like he's superhuman. If after that, he, you know, if after what happened, like I said, we, like you said, we won't really touch on any of that. If after that, a week later, he's even skating for 20 minutes and can handle being in an arena with, you know, I don't know. There's, they no, haven't there's, had fans. there's no crowd yet. The game six will be the first time a Canadian team has a crowd, right? That's what I heard. Yes, be yeah, because it's in yeah. Montreal and they're a lot of fans. So it'll be yeah. the first time. So, But even the fact that he could still be there, and, and I know it's not as loud, but there's obviously still a lot of factors, like the lighting and everything, can still play a part there. So I I would think uh, Dubis and the staff there are being as careful as possible as they could, especially with a guy like Tavares, with, you know, one of your star guys. Obviously, you know, you'd treat anybody the same, but still with a guy like him especially – I would hope they're all being safe in the way they're bringing him back. There's obviously that concern with it being a concussion. Um, I mean, I've personally never had a concussion. Don't know how I've been hit in the face by a lot of soccer balls. That's another story. But, <laughs> um, you know, I personally never had one. So I don't I don't know, you know, I know it can be different for everyone. So the hope is they're taking this very seriously. But we know and we have seen with the playoffs a lot of guys play through a lot of stuff they shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what it is. Concussions are a whole nother thing to mess with though. So I'm hopeful they're just being safe and it's just, he is feeling good and he just wants to be around the guys to let them know he's Mm -hmm. feeling okay. And that, you know, just go out and do what I know you guys can do. I'm going to be here along the ride, you know, push it further and maybe I'll be able to join you, you know, Mm -hmm. if you make it on further. So there's a hope that they're taking this seriously. I imagine they're taking this seriously. Uh, and hopefully he is feeling as good as it seems like he is. 
Yeah, I I agree 100%. And I think that something that's tough about sports injuries and athlete injuries, especially in the playoffs, is that they never want to not play. Right. Like, you could literally have both your legs broken and both your arms broken. And if it's the playoffs, like, they're they're still going to want to play. So I kind of had that same knee-jerk reaction as everybody when I saw that Tavares skated. I was like, um, why? Get him away. Like, what's happening? But... I, I feel like you have to kind of take a step back and go, okay, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a team doctor. Right. I trust the team doctors. And I, I do think there is an element of like, um, like there's like a psychological mental thing of, oh my God, our captain had this scary injury. And I think seeing him like skate, like maybe that eased the rest of the team a little bit, like, okay, he's feeling a little bit better. And I mean, he, he seems to be in, I was going to say, okay spirits, but he seems to be in pretty good spirits. If you guys saw like the clip of him, like, um, cheering them on at the game the other night before, um, that game gamed, um, he, <laughs> he looked pretty, uh, happy cheering them on. Like he jumped up and like his mask jumped a little bit and I was like, oh, he's so excited. Yeah. Um, and, um, and he's been like really active. They said like in the team group text, he was like texting them like, like advice like before and after games and like he's been like facetiming them and and all that kind of stuff so i i know people were joking like what's a guy with a concussion doing on his phone which because you really shouldn't be looking at your phone if you have a head injury but maybe he really is like doing okay maybe it's one Mm -hmm. of those things where it looks way worse than it actually was maybe in the hopefully in the the initial impact it knocked him out and all that but when it comes down to the actual concussion itself it wasn't that severe i mean yeah head injuries are really strange. I mean, there'll be time I've, I've seen players like, um, not to bring everything back to Jeff Skinner, cause he's my favorite player, but he did have a few <laughs> concussions in his early years of playing. And I remember his first concussion was literally a hit on the shoulder and it gave him whiplash. And then, wow, yeah. and that was what caused the concussion. And that was actually his longest time, uh, on like away from like off for a concussion. Um, mm-hmm. that was the longest one he had like one or two after that and those were both more clear like oh he's concussed type hits and he was only out like a few days so yeah I mean at the end of the day we don't know the full story and we probably never will I mean we we always joke or I always joke like at the end of a team's playoff run like you get the laundry list of injuries and player A sits down and says, I've been dealing with X, Y, and Z. And then player B sits down and lists off all their injuries. And it's it's not, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. It's bad. Um, but so I'm sure um, whenever the Leafs are eliminated, whether it's, um, actually by the time people are hearing this, the Leafs, well, it'll be Saturday morning. Yeah, it'll be the, okay. it'll be the morning before the game. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe you're listening to this a little late and the Leafs are already done. I don't know. But um, I'm sure by the time the Leafs are done, whether it's next couple days, whether it's a couple weeks, maybe they win the cup. I don't know. But I'm sure whenever they are done, well, I don't know. Maybe they'll win the cup. Manifest. I don't know. They just manifest. You never we know. don't know. Playoff hockey is, you never know. Yeah. So my, my point of that was just, I'm sure whenever the Leafs are done, we'll get whatever... I'd say we'll get the full story, but we're never going to get the full story. So we'll we'll get as much as we're going to get yeah. whenever the Leafs are done. And hopefully it's not too bad. Like, my, my fear is that the Leafs are going to be out and they'll be like, he's brain dead and he's never going to play hockey again. Like, hopefully it's not that. Hoping, no, praying. No, I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think what hap- what'll happen is next time 
they let John Tavares in front of the media, whether that's exit interviews, whether that's right before he, let's say for some reason, he's coming back to play. The Leafs make it far mm-hmm. enough or he's actually well enough to play. Whenever he's in front of the media again, they're going to ask him a million questions about what happened in his recovery yeah. and everything. So he'll be as open as he wants to be about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that, that, you know, especially in the Toronto media, they're going to grill him about it. They're, they're going to want to know everything that happened. Um, so between him and Kyle Dubas, we'll find out probably most of the story. Um, but yeah, head injuries, you literally never know. So mm-hmm. once we found out that he was out of the hospital and all his tests were clear and stuff like that. That's when it just becomes a waiting game. And like you said, it could be like a few days or a few months or who knows. So I just found it. I found it. I think all of us were a little surprised by it. Anyone that would like knows what's, what was going on. It was surprised by the situation. So I guess we'll just see what happens going forward. Um, Yeah. I still think he might end up pulling a Stamkos where they don't, uh, they don't play him until, like, let's say they make the Stanley Cup final, like, until, like, game five of the Cup, and he, they put him in for the last, like, two games so he can play in the Cup finals. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, if if they do make it that far, hopefully he'll be... If he's doing this much better now, hopefully he'll be doing a lot better by the time the Cup final yes. would roll around. And I agree, you know, you would hate to be the captain of your hometown team and watching the Stanley cup final from the bench or from the press box. Um, So, I mean, I feel like all we can do at this point is just send the good vibes to John Tavares. We can't see, but I'm making these hand motions and I don't know what I'm doing, but they're good vibes. Just like spirit fingers. Um, Yeah, just good vibes. Um, And yeah, I mean, head injuries are scary. Playoff injuries are scary. Uh, That hit was scary, that whole thing. So, I mean, it's it's good. While it was initially concerning to see him, it was good to see him, yes. is what I will say. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I think we've sufficiently covered that. Uh, I wanted to move into something a little more serious. I guess it's, yeah, it's more serious. Um, definitely more serious. Ethan Bear of the yep. Oilers. We're going to oh. kind of circle back to the Oilers. Um, I originally saw what was going on through people sharing Ethan's girlfriend's post on her Instagram story. I don't know if you yeah. guys saw that part of it. So oh, I did. Uh, um this is how ha- we there's been reports of this before, but I guess things escalated with the playoffs and the fact that they got swept and everything. Um Ethan Bear is a player on the Edmonton Oilers. He is um of a he's of native Canadian descent first nations people I think they're called. Um, I don't want to get that wrong. And if I get that wrong, I'm so sorry. Um, But he is uh, a person of color and he has received apparently a lot of racist messages and comments from alleged fans um, (laughs) because you're not a fan if you are racist towards your team's players. Exactly. Um, To the point where it was quite alarming for both Ethan and his girlfriend and his girlfriend put out a public message just begging people to stop basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was basically signal boosted by everybody on Twitter, including former players from the Oilers, like Andrew Ference, um, which was nice to see. But I wonder how you, I wanted to ask you guys, because I have a feeling about how the Oilers handled it. Um, I don't know if it was the best idea. So the Oilers posted a video of 
Ethan himself yeah. addressing the public. He made a, a little video and the Oilers organization like, was like, a message from Ethan Bear about everything that's happening. Mm. Um, I wonder how wise that decision was. I wonder if that could have been handled differently. I think it, I think it could have mm. um, been handled differently. I would have liked to have seen the organization uh, stand up for him. It seemed a lot like yeah. them just feeding him to the wolves again and letting him stand up for himself, Yeah, which uh-huh. didn't seem that great. I kind of wanted to see them take a more protective role with him. Um, and it just alerted me to a lot of um, – I'll let you guys, like, speak on that, I guess – yeah, but I, I just wanted to add one more thing. I just think it made me think a lot about um, performative allyship versus actual allyship. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I it, it reminds me a little bit of the Keandre Miller situation that happened around this time last year. Um, and I mean, the, the Rangers and the Oilers handled their... There were different situations and they were handled differently and it's kind of whatever. Um, but similar, I do, They're similar in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, but I mean, I agree with you in that just kind of having him do a video and I watched bits and pieces of the video. I didn't watch the whole thing, but having him be like, I'm okay. Like, you can say mean things about me, but like, I'm still okay. Like, that just kind of rubbed me wrong. Um, And I I understand that as an athlete or a team, like you want your players to look like strong and these things don't phase them. But I would argue that people should know that 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 will phase you and that you you're not supposed to do that like even if someone isn't bothered by it like you can't do that you're not you're not allowed to do that so I no you're fine but I I definitely disagree with them putting out a video of him I think um we we joke like the notes app apology type thing or when the the team just puts like some text on a little background and tweets it and oftentimes I don't think that that's the right approach but in this situation I would have much rather just them saying like we've been made aware of comments made towards one of our players this is not acceptable like I would have much rather just a statement saying like hey don't do this um rather than a video and my my other thought on this is a lot of people uh, whether it be fans media members just people on social media whoever it is when they make their statement to defend Ethan Bear, they say, oh, he's such a talented player. He's such a great player. He doesn't deserve his boba. But I think that we need to get to the point where he doesn't need to be a great player to not deserve this. He could be the worst player in the NHL and you still shouldn't make racist comments towards him. Like a person's skill level, a person's personality, a person's preference, whatever it is. Like, that shouldn't dictate whether or not people can be racist towards you. And I can't believe I have to say that. But, like, let's not start our comments with, Ethan Bear is so talented, you shouldn't say these things to him. Like, no, Ethan Bear is a human being, yeah. so you shouldn't and, say these things towards him. So, uh, I, I, I was going to make the same point because I saw a lot of things yeah. that were like, he's such a great person and whatever. Like, yes, he is, and, and that, that should not be taken away from him. But I agree with you that you shouldn't have to be a good person to, to get decent, like, the respect you deserve from other human beings. Mm-hmm. There are certain lines you don't cross with anybody, even if no matter how much you hate someone, like, you know, someone, 
this is like a really extreme example, but if someone is a murderer, you that doesn't give you a free pass to and they're of a they're of another skin color than you. That doesn't give you the just because they committed a heinous crime doesn't give you the right to call them slurs and be racist to them. No, you're right. Like I yeah. know where you're going with that, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. every human deserves a certain level of decency from the people yeah. around them. And, 100%. And and that's the case with this and I also when you said that like he was acting like it didn't face him, like I think that's even worse because it obviously mm-hmm. did. I exactly, don't I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. know anyone that isn't even slightly bothered by whatever comments are thrown at them like as a jewish person i've experienced you know some some hurtful comments and jokes from you know kids growing up and whatever and like ultimately those kids don't matter and you're not friends with them so they're just being jerks or whatever but it's still on some level bothers you and hurts you of so course to, yeah. to just stand there and completely be like no i'm great like thank you guys for your support and like we're gonna yeah. find out who did this like smiley face like yeah that, that bothered me and that's why i think the statement when you when you talk about like we don't like the the, the words on background or whatever <laughs> yeah for me it's more about what's actually the content of the statement when you yeah. make a statement and don't say anything like the ranger statement against the department <laughs> of player safety for exactly example, loved that statement because mm-hmm. that actually, actually had substance it actually said something yeah yeah, exactly. So I, you know, if they put out a statement about Ethan and Ethan Bear and they said like, we will not stand for racism against our player and you're, and if you call yourself a fan of the Edmonton Oilers, you are not racist towards Ethan Bear, then that would be a powerful statement and it would have done more good, I mm-hmm. think, than just throwing Ethan in front of a camera and telling mm-hmm. him to address the situation. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, well, no, obviously I didn't see the video. Um, I saw it across my timeline. I didn't actually have a chance to watch it. Um, I was in the beginning before you guys said anything. I was kind of on the side of I liked that they put like not put him in front of the camera, but that he spoke <laughs> out about it himself. But it, on the other hand, it's like, well, if you were going to do that, like, then the team should also say something. I, I think if you're going to put yes. him in front of the camera. That's great. You know, if he wanted to be a part of that, if he said, I want to put this statement out, I want to be the one to say this, that's great. But then the the team's got to be like, all right, we've got your back. Back him up. um, I I know McDavid put out a post about it. He Mm -hmm. posted a statement on on Twitter, which was great to see that, you know, the captain is, you know, Mm -hmm. and his statement I thought was pretty good. I, I don't know. If you guys saw the actual, um, I didn't. I'm about to go read it. He said, that, the, "Well, I have it. I have it up right here." Yeah, it looks like he did an Instagram stories and then saved yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because he goes, "The racist comments directed at our teammate and brother Ethan Bear are not acceptable. The individuals who spew this type of hate should think twice about their behavior." He does mention about Ethan being a positive role model. Yeah. Um, for his but community, yeah. But you know, it it was if anything, like we said, yeah, seeing the whole like statements come out. But to see at least a teammate of his yeah. come out and say like, "We stand with you. We don't stand for any of this racism of any kind." You know, whether it's you or or anything at all, was still good to see. Even because you know the team putting him out again, like I said, great if he wanted to be a part of that. But then back him up say you know Mm -hmm. ethan has this to Mm -hmm. say but we also believe as an organization you know we don't stand for this of any kind whether it's ethan whether it's this whether it's that you know whether it's anyone nobody deserves this kind of you know comments spewed towards them 
could have made that situation even better. I think it could have. I agree. Have also do that when you're just putting him in front of the camera. And like I said, I didn't hear everything that he said, you know, cause obviously you, I only see like the tweet they said of, yeah, of something he that said, he said yeah. in there. I don't yeah, you know what else. Yeah. Basically he said that he just like, he does, he is here to stand up to the behavior and that he's mm-hmm. proud to represent his, uh, his nation, the yeah. first nation. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really, I don't want to try to pronounce me. The, that's what I avoided that. Yeah. I don't want to, he's a, he's a first nations descent and he's very proud of it. And as he should be. Um, and I, that's why I like part of what Connor McDavid said when he said that he's a positive role model, because st- I'm sure there's plenty of first nation children in Canada that mm-hmm. don't see themselves in a lot of NHL players and yeah, they can see themselves in Ethan Bear. Right. So totally. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, if I'm sorry, Jen, go ahead. You're fine. Um, I was going to say, if anything, there has been like more support, not that he didn't have a fan base, but there's been a lot more support for him over these past couple days as this has kind of been happening. And I saw that I think the the site was cool hockey. Yeah, I I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, cool hockey saying that they're working on a version of his jersey with the um, Cree syllabics rather than it just saying bear. Everything Um, hockey also put out a shirt. I I think it's because he's worn it before, so they know what it looks like. So they were just remaking more jerseys of it. I think. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's been good to see, and just seeing like uh, support from the players, like on the Instagram post and the Twitter post. Um, there were comments from Oilers players and Jordan Tutu put out a tweet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if not that there should be a silver lining to this, because this can just be an awful thing that happened and we shouldn't try to make light of it. Mm-hmm. But I, it has been great to see the support that he's been getting because you don't always see that. I mean, you, you think of like the Keandre Miller situation or even like the Soroya Tinker situation earlier this year. Um, where she kind of had to be the one to stand up for herself. Yeah. Um, and she did have teammates support her, but I'm sure it's exhausting to be like, okay, like I'm the one with people coming at me and I have to stand up for myself. Like that, yeah. that doesn't add up. So yeah, it, it's been nice. Oh, sorry. Good. Yeah. Especially when I, I think Sam, you said it, I think it was you that said it when he's like, I'm not phased by this. Like that honestly says like everything, like, yeah. like the man's heard it before, obviously. And, right. and the fact that you can say I'm not phased by it means you've heard it so many times that you're just like this. This is no one can see this. This is quote unquote normal for me. It is what yeah. really boils down to yeah. is when you when you hear him say that. Yeah, I mean racism. We all know is a big problem in hockey, which is so sad to think about, but it's true. And I mean, I even think about how there's like Ethan's not only the is not the only person of color on the Oilers. I mean, you mm-hmm. also have uh, Darnell Nurse there. I'm sorry, <clears throat> Darnell Nurse there, who is uh, black, and he has uh, two sisters. And Sarah Nurse is one of his sisters plays women's hockey. So yeah, I'm sure they're they're no strangers to it either. And I know that Alberta is a very conservative province in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it like that that makes it a little more difficult when you're when you're people of color playing for a very uh, I the only place I can like equate it to I've heard a lot of comparisons to the American South is mm. uh what Alberta is kind of like uh in like Jujar Kyra too isn't he Punjabi yes mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so, so, they're, so they're a very ethnically diverse team which is great to see mm-hmm. but um it's just it's unfortunate to see people who you consider who you should consider your fans like 
being racist towards doing you. that um, yeah and i kind of wanted to tie this because we always have this conversation but i really wanted to tie this to like well i, I also want to touch on the performative allyship thing because curtis gabriel kind of like yeah tripped over himself i guess on twitter because he asked um a person of color to educate him which i understand where what he was asking for but it was just the way he worded it and it's not really that person's job to educate him mm-hmm. i think if he asked that person like let's dm and have a discussion instead of mm-hmm. asking him to like like him saying like please DM me and educate me. It sounds like, oh, make a PowerPoint presentation and like sit down with me and give me like Do the work a, for me. a college yeah. lecture about what I'm, how I can be a better ally, mm-hmm. which isn't that person's job to do so. I think, and I've, and I've even made that mistake like in the past with like writing or speaking to people saying like mm-hmm. someone should educate someone else. That's not their job. I think what ultimately it the goal is, is to have, discussion and to learn from each other and it to not be a lesson but to be like I said a discussion and like a back and forth and getting pointed in the direction of like where I should be paying more attention to not you sitting down and being like here's a google drive with all the links to things that you should be reading yeah I just I think if he was better served to saying like we talk about each other's experiences in life and we learn from each other. And through that, mm-hmm. like I'll become a better person and you'll become a better person and we'll all be better people for it. And Yeah. And I mean, I, I do like love Curtis. Like we're mutuals. We talk now and then, and he, he almost always, if not always has very good intentions about learning and growing. But I think that sometimes when you are in a position of privilege being a uh, my voice just cracks me <laughs> being a cisgender white male for example um I think when you are in a position of privilege sometimes you just get so caught up in like I just want to support these people I just want to support these people like I just want to be there for these people that you don't really think about like do they need my support do they want my support how do I show right. my support right. am I wording it in the right way because I didn't see all of what happened um but I know that he had made a comment on a post about George Floyd like at it being like a year yeah, after he, like, that happened. On, like I forget what he, co- he commented on, like Lexi Brown something, and he mm-hmm. was, and he like, didn't like realize like there was a whole thing where he didn't realize it was Lexi's. He thought it was JT. Yeah, yeah. And he's like the the white guys here to help you or whatever. And I was like, oh, I don't yeah. Know and like that. yeah, he came back with a whole long apology, like saying he didn't realize it was yeah. her post. Not yeah, I saw. Post. Yeah, I'm, I'm I saw he had right a thread, now. and then he put yeah. out like a typed apology like an hour ago. And I mean, it's it's good to see like the accountability and like him acknowledging that it wasn't the smartest thing. But I also think that like you know, ideally we get to a place where we don't need the apology or we don't need like the statement, like mm-hmm. because we we think before we say stuff. Yeah, and I think, we, we don't even get to that point. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think people are quick to call him performative and I don't think he's quite at the level of some other people when it comes to allyship I think like he genuinely Mm -hmm. does want to learn and become a better person like you've said and Mm -hmm. so I think it sucks for him because then it's he's in this place where he's like trying but he doesn't really know where to go because honestly like how many other people are there in hockey around him that are in the same mindset as him so he's kind of exactly he's waiting uncharted waters mm-hmm. by himself and then you have people on twitter telling him you're performative you don't know what you're talking about just shut up like 
Mm-hmm. And then he gets, and then obviously you get defensive because someone's calling your character into question. So of course, yeah. So it's like a, a weird cycle. And I and I and I want him, and I I do find one thing he said to someone. I want to say he said, if you expect allies to be perfect, you're not going to have any. And I and I think that that's something that yes, people want. Like I'm obviously a very privileged person, and so I can't speak on this um, fully. But I would I would like to think that that sentiment has some weight to it because if you're if you want people on your side you can and they're uneducated you can't expect them to fully just like that become educated and become the perfect ally so Mm -hmm. i think that's a fair point to make that yeah he's going to stumble along the way because he doesn't really have a full support system he doesn't really know what he's doing ultimately at the end of the day but he's trying and he Mm -hmm. the intention is there so he may not of be course. a perfect ally, but he is trying to be one. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And I think that... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> I think that in a couple years or whenever he retires or whatever it is, I think we're going to look back and we're going to say, like, you know, hopefully hockey's in a better place than it is right now. But I think we're going to say, wow, like, good on him for being the first or one of the first NHL players to really, like dive headfirst into this and just really be trying their best with good intentions because we don't really have that I mean players use pride tape and we lose our minds because we're like oh my god like they're showing support but like you you don't know what they really think you know what their ideologies really are they could they could use pride tape and go home and be like gay people should be hanged like we don't know right we truly do right. not know right and i was gonna so. say that because curtis i don't want to cut you off but curtis gabriel's like one you're of the, fine one of, curtis gabriel's one of the few players out there saying like gay people deserve rights black people deserve rights <laughs> yeah. like that's so yeah. sad to say but it's true like you have so mm-hmm. few players like who actually feel comfortable enough using their platform and sharing how they feel about these kinds of things totally so Mm-hmm. I mean, Jacob Truba stepped up too, and and so has Al- Alex Georgiev on the Rangers are two examples, mm-hmm. and they've you know stepped up and especially uh, with the election, Jacob Truba has been very vocal about his stance on the American election as an American. He mm-hmm. was a Biden supporter, not a Trump supporter, and he was very vocal about his relief when Biden was elected. <laughs> yeah. um, but you don't have a lot of that, so. I don't want to like sit here and preach as a privileged person and be like, you should be grateful that this player is like, actually, but, but there is a level of, I think there needs to be um, a little more uh, slack when it comes to, Mm -hmm. to things like this. And Curtis, I think genuinely comes from a, 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 he comes from a genuine place. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are, like I said, there's plenty of other examples of way more performative allyship in this sport. And I think yeah. and I think we're seeing yeah. a lot of it with people who are suddenly throwing their hat in the ring with Ethan Bear's situation. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's also like with um with like everything happening with Palestine right now, I think a lot of people are forgetting that um you don't have to speak on every single issue right away. Yeah. And I mean, like I had learned about not to go off on a tangent, but I had learned about like the Israel-Palestine conflict in like 10th grade AP world. And like, that was about all I knew about it. Right. So when this was kind of brought back into the news, I didn't want to be posting a million infographics on my Instagram story about it. You know, I wanted to learn about it and kind of like regain my footing and like figure out, you know, what this was all about and how I could help. And I think that a lot of people would benefit from that because obviously you do want to speak out on important issues and you do want to make sure that you're kind of on the side that you believe in and 
supporting the people that need it, but it doesn't need to be right away. You know, you, you can take yeah. the time to educate yourself and figure out what do I want to say? How do I want to say it? Do I need to say it? You know? So I think a lot of people, and like I said, love Curtis to death. We've had some great conversations and I do think he has great intentions, but I think sometimes it's, okay, I saw this. I have an emotion about it. I have something I want to say. Let me not do it right now. Let me yeah. kind of think about it. And I mean, you could say exactly. that just for Twitter in general. You could have like, you could want to tweet about something that makes you angry and just like, mm, let me not do it right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I, think, I, I yeah. think that's kind of exactly where my mind was going on mm-hmm. that is we we have, we all, and we all have this nature in us to when something happens, we immediately, we immediately want to say something. We immediately want to have a discussion mm-hmm. about it. And sometimes maybe that's okay, but there are other times where you do really need to sit back and kind of let things progress, see how things are going, learn yeah. about yeah. something maybe you're not sure about because it's better. Uh, honestly, in some cases, it's better to wait for some things to happen because mm-hmm. you never know. Like, I'm not going to bring up any specific situation, but so, things could change, you know, so rapidly. Yeah. That you say something one day. And like, you know, 10 minutes later, as we, we see, you know, it could change. So kind of getting all those facts and getting everything to where you feel comfortable when you're going to say mm-hmm. something, you know, like you've gone over it. You you're not just like reacting like five seconds later. And, you know, suddenly you're like, oh, crap, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done this and having to go back and mm-hmm. oh, I didn't mean this. I didn't mean that. So like you guys have said, there are good intentions there. Obviously, there are times where. You kind of, I think, maybe have to tiptoe that line of, you know, are you, I don't, I don't, I kind of just lost every train of thought I was going with it, <laughs> but, but you kind of have that line of, is what I'm saying really what I mean? Is what I'm saying mm-hmm. really yep. what needs to be said right now? Yes, exactly. And, and I think that's kind of the most important thing, like, yeah. you know, in, in his case or in anybody, anybody's case is not reacting so quickly yeah. to something that you see and just kind of taking a moment like if that's and if that's still what you want to say after you know uh, you've had some time to think about it go for it you know you do you basically but it's just yeah. taking that moment to understand you know where somebody else is coming from or what the situation's dictating and just just having that moment of okay I've done my research I've done my thoughts here's what I want to say and and then you know at least look like you've done that work to be like, yeah. okay, I know what I want to say. Here's what I've got, you know, and here's what, you know, whatever reaction happens, happens in a way. Yeah, I think, I think with allyship, especially like as someone who tries to be an ally to as many, you know, people as I can, um, you're, because you want to help so badly. Mm-hmm. That's when you jump because you're like, I want to jump mm-hmm. in this because I want to help out because I I genuinely care about whoever that person is, especially in like a Curtis's case with JT and Lexi, he knows them, so mm-hmm. I understand like wanting to help your friends and like jump in and like be like, I I'm I have your back, I support you, yada yada. But then that's when you get caught, like you said, in that situation because you didn't take the time to grasp what's going on and make sure that yeah. you're saying yeah. what you should be saying. So. I just I I hope I hope that this cycle stops of like accusing people of not being genuine and then <laughs> them being defensive and then nothing really comes out of it because no yeah, one learns at being, the end of the day. Nothing's mm-hmm. being solved when you when you're going through that. Cycle. Exactly, exactly. So it's just and then he feels the need to apologize when like 
I don't know if it really needed a whole apology, but I think he felt, mm-hmm. he felt that because he just yeah. all of a sudden got a slew of replies on Twitter, and and that's when Twitter gets to be a, a toxic place. But yeah, with pro- <laughs> that's with, an understatement. With Pride coming up, because you know by the time we record next week, it'll be June, so we're going into mm-hmm. Pride Month, um, and I it just it's always on my mind with teams doing this like performative allyship of like mm. we don't stand for racism we don't stand for uh homophobia like but do you really not stand for it i don't know exactly so i just think like there there are definitely certain things that you should be more mad about than curtis gabriel gabriel trying to help and be educated um especially in the hockey world um because there's very few and far between people like that um agreed and i wanted to say that because i think this all ties into um what happened in Nashville last night. Um, for those who are unaware, I don't know how you couldn't be. If you're on Twitter, you're, you're aware yeah. of what happened. But um, game six of the Predators Hurricane series was in Nashville uh, last night. And I believe he lives there now. I did not know this, but uh, Nashville tweeted at um, Dave Portnoy, the founder of Barstool. They tweeted him, hey, will you be in town for game six? Would you like a ticket? DM us. They, yeah. they invited him to the game. So Pain. rightly so, a lot of people were very angry about it um, and didn't want him there. Um, and he, as he usually does, got very upset about it. <laughs> because when people don't love him immediately, he gets incensed. Um, yeah. So let me see if it's still there. But he was trying to defend himself against people. He tweets so much. Oh, yeah. The tweet where he was like, the players that you love hate you. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to find it. <laughs> I'm going to actually read it because I think yeah. it's hilarious. Um, yeah, that one was scary. God damn, I can't find it. He tweets so much. Um, but yeah, basically, to fill time while I look for it, he was yeah. uh, getting harassed by people who were like, we don't want you here. Um, please don't come to our hockey game. <laughs> yeah, please don't come. <laughs> which is reminiscent of what happened in January with them in the NWHL, which what what's the common denominator in that? <gasps> Barstool Sports was involved in both situations. Yeah. So from uh, people not wanting them there. Yeah, here's what he said. So um there were tons of replies obviously under the tweet where they invited him and he said, Read the comments under this harmless tweet. Hockey Twitter man, the best. Newsflash to all you blue checkmark losers. The guys you root for hate you. They love me. The most narcissistic <laughs> thing I've ever seen. They yeah. love Barstool. They have sense of humors. Imagine loving hockey and being this out of touch with reality. I can't um. even begin to express to you the amount of narcissism in the players you love hate you. They love me me just that sentence alone i had seen a tweet um the the person's at is Captain and love bot which me too um katie <laughs> tweeted the the portnoy tweet and she had highlighted the guys you root for hate you they love me and then it says does preds nhl follow stool president day oh, no yeah, yeah, but yeah, I remember that. but does preds nhl follow Captain and love bot yes, yes. And she said, she said, who's out of touch with reality now? (laughs) Honestly, like, I hate to break it to him, but NHL players pretty much love all their fans unless they're, like, someone who's, like, walking up to their front door and, like, knocking on the door and being like, hi, I love you. Exactly. And the thing is, I think he thinks, and the 
I'm not trying to therapize Dave Portnoy because I would like him to pay me if I was doing. We would also, but... need, we would also need like two more hours at least. <laughs> exactly, but I I feel like he thinks that Barstool's popularity is all because of him. Where like he's not in a ton of the Barstool content. Like think about all the Barstool college accounts and city accounts. Like those are just like funny. I mean. Not that I find them all funny, but those are just, like, funny, stupid videos. Like, Mm -hmm. the hockey players that follow Barstool and like Barstool, like, they don't follow and like Barstool because they love Dave Portnoy. They follow and like Barstool because they like stupid videos. Like, that's it? The only only NHL players that I know for a fact are, like, friends with Dave Portnoy are the Hayes brothers. Which? Because they're from Boston. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I'm not shocked. Um, um, but <laughs> And, like, yeah, like, I've seen, like, I mean, like, uh, there was, like, a whole thing with Kevin Hayes, Brady Shea, and Jimmy Vc, and Jimmy is probably friends with Portnoy, too, but, like, them, like, in the office, like, hang out with him and stuff, like, they, like, they like Barstool because they like the bro culture, and they like... Exactly. That, that's what mm-hmm. hockey players are. They're, like, frat boy dude bros, and they, and, like you said, with the college accounts, like, Quinnipiac was one of the mm-hmm. first schools that had a Barstool college account, so, like, mm-hmm. we've, we're, Bar- Quinnipiac's very ingrained with the Barstool culture and everything like that, mm-hmm. especially just being a New England school and lots of people from Massachusetts yeah. go there, but that's what Barstool has become, and he's still, like, mm-hmm. that's the narcissism, right? He's, like, it's me. And it's not. It's the, culture, <laughs> it's the culture that you've created, and there's plenty of things wrong with the culture you've created, mm-hmm. but there's also things that are valid about the culture you created. Yeah. Like, I, I always say, like, don't give Barstool a platform and whatever, but it's because of what it's morphed into. What it, what it, mm-hmm. what, what it was in its essence was harmless. What it was yeah. in its essence, which it got away from, was talking about sports in a colloquial way for the average person so that... Mm. Everyone down the street could read a Barstool post and feel like they're hanging out with their bro talking about the game the night before. Which, and there's nothing wrong with that. there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think that, yeah. that that was a brilliant idea in its in its infancy. But then it just became this cesspool for mm-hmm. hateful, awful behavior, hateful, awful people. And mm-hmm. it just festered into this what it is now. And that's a very long timeline of things, but like, that's what got those original guys like into it. And that, and now they're yeah. just involved. These hockey players are so ingrained because they don't care. They're so yeah. ingrained in playing the professional sport that they just remember the beginning of it. where like, Oh, bar exactly. just for bros. And like Saturdays are for the boys mm-hmm. or whatever. They don't yeah. know about all the other stuff. So <laughs> anyway, this all culminated and then people still were d- d- dunking on him for saying that. And yeah. he uh, tweeted the next day, I don't want to get this team in any more hot water, but in honor of an unnamed NHL team inviting me to their game tonight and not backing down when the blue check marks, snowflakes, and no fun club cried like little babies, I bet $25,000 on them in show of support. I like how he says unnamed hockey team, but then hashtagged Preds. I was going to say, I didn't it we- show it in the screenshot? Yeah. Like, yeah, we didn't so- already know. So he wagered 25 grand. I think other guys like uh, bought in as well to, mm-hmm. to put money on the Predators oh, to win. What a, what a shame. And uh, the potential payout was 58 grand. Instead, he lost. What a shame. Oh. So Twitter was ablaze last night Good. after not only because the Hurricanes won and Kane's Twitter was so happy about it, the rest of hockey Twitter was just taking the opportunity to dunk on this guy <laughs> just dunking on for, <laughs> and like i'll take any opportunity to dunk on him too but i just th- 
this the, these same hockey teams that are gonna tweet June first Happy Pride, they're gonna are gonna invite Dave Portnoy to invi- invite Dave Portnoy. So that's that's way more performative than Curtis Gabriel genuinely trying to get informed, <laughs> trying his best, trying yeah. to get informed, and him going like, "Please educate me to someone." When he doesn't know how to adequately word to someone, I want to learn mm-hmm. from you. Like that's way different from the Nashville Predators who are a hockey team that claim hockey is for everyone and then invite Dave Portnoy to their hockey game. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just goes back to the, the barstool curse thing that I don't know if we've talked about on the podcast, but the, the Bruins, uh, uh, well, a little while ago did rally towels with barstool and they unfortunately did not win the series that they did rally towels with barstool on. And then the predators invited Dave Portnoy to a game. And then unfortunately did not win that game and were eliminated from the playoffs. So Boston Bruins, this is my invitation to not do anything with Barstool. Well, I was going to say if the Bruins want to want to reunite with Barstool and and lose their series, I, I won't, I won't complain. Uh, Hurricanes, please stay away from them. I would Um, appreciate. Considering the Hurricanes posted a full in-depth post about what pronouns are and why they're important, I think, I think. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're going that direction. I think. I hope they repost it for Pride. I hope, like, for actual Pride Month. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the most forward-thinking things I've ever seen from a hockey team. Um, Right. But I want. And their their tweets about the Predators have been funny. Oh my god, them talking on the Predators is so funny, and the Predators blocked them. The screenshot of the blog and the caption was like, we have friends in low places. I was like, ah, I was like, I get it. Yeah, to bring it full circle, uh, like, it's stuff like that that, like, allows fans to think it's okay to tweet racist things at Ethan Bear. So that's that's a good way. Let's support allyship. Let's, you know, try not to scream at people that they're being performative if they're really just trying their best. I I thought all those things just tied together in this one like, pretty nicely this big like thing as we go into pride of just like be a decent person for the love yeah. of god um for the love before god. we end and we get into the one little trivia thing um the nhl apparently is changing covid protocols for round two i was two. gonna say this just came out i hadn't seen it i was gonna yeah this it. just came out chris johnson from sportsnet tweeted it but um they are not requiring all fans to wear face coverings at games instead every team can enact their own policy so mm-hmm. I, I would think in a state like I'm trying to think of like I mean I live in I live in North Carolina. So down here they'll probably tell people that they don't have to wear masks. I um, was gonna say in New York and New Jersey, the protocols are starting to get lifted yeah. too. Yeah, so. so maybe it will be the same all throughout. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know, but maybe some other teams will still stick with the mask uh mandate. I mean, I would prefer that North Carolina didn't change it because less than half the state is vaccinated. So scary. who knows how many of those people that I'm sitting next to at the game are going to, I mean, I would still probably wear one for my own comfort, but yeah, th- that's a personal choice. That's the next layer of like personal choice, mm-hmm. but cause no one yeah. can tell you to not wear a mask in the arena. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's interesting. I thought, I thought it was interestingly coinciding with the fact that the Knicks just announced that at MSG, they are only selling tickets to vaccinated people. So they, they are, Dolan is doing this in order to have a full house in MSG and cause he can have a full house if everyone there is vaccinated. If they're all vaccinated. So I think that, I mean, I'm not saying that that's how everywhere's, I mean, especially with the NHL more conservative fan base that they're going to do that. 
Um, but I think that that was an interest. I was going to bring up that announcement anyway, but I think this whole shift is very interesting. Uh-huh. Um, I saw the Islanders. News. I saw the Islanders upped capacity for like the last game. They had vaccinated and, and unvaccinated sections. Yeah, and I I had seen like from my friends that went to the game saying like how much of a difference it really made, and it just it makes me yeah. like oh like that's so good and like I mean all we can do is just kind of like hope that it's being done safely and hope that these people are getting vaccinated and I mean New York's um numbers in terms of COVID cases and vaccinated people have been looking pretty good yeah so Uh progress (laughs) yeah and and uh in in Carolina they're raising it again too we were at 12,000 now we're gonna be at 15 which is closer to full capacity than it is half um, cause I think, yeah. I think the full capacity is between 18 and 20,000. Um, sure. so I mean, I can't, I can't afford to go to the next round. I'm going to start saving in case they uh-huh. make it farther than this. And then yeah. if I end up somehow getting a discounted price on a ticket or whatever, I'm just going to go tailgate with friends probably. Yeah. Um, and then watch mm-hmm. the games at bars or whatever with friends, but, um, who aren't going to the game cause a lot of people I know are going, but mm-hmm. things are looking up, but I thought that was interesting. Um, but now let's quickly do a little bit of trivia before we uh, say goodbye. Yeah. Um, All right. I started high. I'm ready to just go downhill now. So I don't know. I mean, if you watched, I mean, if you guys stayed up for the game last night, you would have no. seen this. So I was asleep. Carolina, Carolina and the Predators, they went to overtime for the fourth consecutive game mm-hmm. last uh-huh. night. This is a, this is a two-parter. How many times has a playoff series gone four consecutive overtime games how many times i swear i saw this earlier but i don't remember ariel do you want to go first i have zero guess for this so um yeah because yeah um so it's just i don't know so it's just how many times how many times has a has a playoff series in the history of the nhl right four consecutive overtime games ariel said three i'll say go three I'll say five. The answer is three. So that was a shot in Period. the dark. Look at you. It was three. Shot in the dark. Um, and then bonus, when was the last time it happened? Okay, that one I'm not. I um, swear um, I saw something. I'm just going to pick it was, I'll, say, I'll, say, I'll say it was recently. Okay. okay, then I think my number was wrong. Because I swore I see this, I saw this, but I think my year is wrong if you're... If you're saying recent, but I also don't know what your definition is. I guess, I mean, within is. the last 10 years is recent. Right? Okay, then my okay. guess was wrong. My guess was already okay. wrong. I'm just going to pick a year for fun. Okay, so we're in the year 2021. Yes. Yeah, I'll say... 2013. Two... I was going to say 2013. I feel like I'm so close. Oh, guys, close. It was 2012, Arizona and Chicago. Okay. Well, wow. Phoenix, Chicago. Back then they were Phoenix. Okay. That feels like a lifetime ago. I was that like, the, was first one, the first one was a shot in the dark that I somehow got. So, I and I believe the time one. before that, if I read the graphic on uh, NBC correctly, was uh, Montreal and Toronto in like 1967 when the Leafs won the cup or something. Oh wow! Oh 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 oh! oh. Maybe maybe the Leafs will win the cup because all the games went to overtime or something. Maybe. I mean, I think it's a sign. Um, Personally, but, but yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, I thought that was crazy. That was my little that was my little tidbit because we talked about the Canes. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm so happy that I don't have to watch another Nashville Carolina game until uh, <laughs> next season. I'm tired. Nice. Of it. <laughs> Seeing like Eric Howell sad last night made me happy. 
<laughs> I, I feel like there's been a lot of tweets about like, oh my god, there's been so much overtime in these playoffs. And it didn't really register until I sat and I thought, and I was like, there has been a lot of overtime in these playoffs. Like, let's all nap, personally. Oh, a I nap think. sounds yes. wonderful, but I have to go cook dinner. Enjoy. Thank you. Cooking. <laughs> I um, might actually have a power nap. So that will do it for episode 10. Woo. We're, we're in double digits. We did it, guys. We've made it's it so 10 official. weeks. Well, actually, That's 11 weeks, 10 episodes because we took a week off. But That's okay. It happens. Life happens. Life happens. Um, so having said that, thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, you can follow us on social media at Pucker Up Sports. And yeah, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> yeah. All at Pucker Up Sports and at PuckerUpSports.com. And that's us. And I hope you guys have a great weekend. And I hope your team wins if that's the te- if whatever team you're rooting for, if they're still in the playoffs. And thank you for listening and have a great weekend. And happy playoffs. And happy playoffs, as usual. Because it's, as the, usual. Because it's the cup. Yay. Bye, guys. Bye.